Hi, I would like to welcome you all to tonight's uh, debate for the Undergraduate Council President and Vice President. My name is Caleb Galuzis. I am the chair of the Harvard Political Union here at the Institute of Politics. Um, as some of you know, the IOP actually had our presidential and vice presidential election yesterday, and we are in the midst of program chair elections. So I'm actually HBU chair for all of, I think, three more hours at this point. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I was reflecting on that just before this debate, and I think it's fitting also um, that my time as HBU chair culminate in an event such as this. Because the mission of the Harvard Political Union is to encourage political discussion and civil discourse in the Harvard community and to advance the IOP's mission of inspiring students to become strong leaders and responsible citizens. And that begins, I think, for us at the undergraduate level, where we confront our responsibilities as students just before confronting our responsibilities as citizens. And that's what the UC is all about. The Undergraduate Council is the representative student government of Harvard College, and it aims to effectively advocate for student interests and empower student voice, especially regarding Harvard and Harvard's impact on the world. So today we're here to engage in our civic responsibilities and to choose our next student leaders. And to that end, I think there is no doubting the link between the Harvard Political Union, the Institute of Politics, and the Undergraduate Council. And I am honored uh, to have been a part of planning and hosting this debate, which is what you are all here to see. So I would like to jump into it as soon as possible. Uh, before I do, though, I think it's appropriate to introduce our own IOP director, Mr. Trey Grayson, who will be moderating tonight's debate. Trey Grayson has served as director since January 2011, after previously serving six years on the IOP's Senior Advisory Committee. Grayson is a recognized expert on civic education, the political beliefs of millennials, civility in politics and governing, and election administration, with a focus on presidential primary and voter registration reforms. Grayson served two terms as Kentucky's Secretary of State from 2004 to 2011. Upon his election and his first run for political office in November of 2003, he became the youngest Secretary of State in the country. During his tenure, Grayson was recognized as a national leader in business services and government innovation, modernizing the Secretary's office by bringing more services online and enhancing Kentucky's election laws through several legislative packages, and for reviving the civic mission of Kentucky's schools by leading the effort to restore civics education in the classroom. Grayson served as president of the National Association of Secretaries of State from 2009 to 2010 and held a variety of other prominent national leader, leadership positions, uh, including serving as chair of the Republican Association of Secretaries of State. An attorney prior, uh, prior to his election, Grayson graduated with honors from Harvard College with an AB in government in 1994, where he was also an IOP student leader. Grayson also hold, holds graduate degrees from the University of Kentucky, JD and MBA class of 1998. Grayson and his wife Nancy reside in Belmont with their two daughters, Alex and Katie. So without further ado, I would like to introduce our own Mr. Trey Grayson. Thank you. Thanks, Caleb. Thank you. Thanks, Caleb. Thanks, everybody, for coming out tonight. Great job chairing HPU for the last year. I was on HPU as a committee member back in the day. Never got to be chair of HPU. Uh, and also, I want to, before we begin, let's thank 
Tara and Jen for their leadership during the past year as they finish up their time as VC President and Vice President. We did a debate last year um, with all the tickets, and, and uh, Tara and Jen are going to be much more comfortable tonight, I think, than they were last year uh, under the bright lights of the forum. But we're glad to have everybody here. We're glad to have all three tickets and audience members. Um, I, let me ask, is anybody going to be live tweeting this, like UC Debate is the hashtag? Hashtag UC Debate. Uh, so those who are watching, feel free to uh, participate and share with all the folks who aren't here, although the crowd is coming in. Um, we talked with backstage with uh, the tickets about some of the ground rules, so just let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to have opening statements, two and a half minutes for each of the three tickets. And then there are five questions that have been prepared by the HPU committee members. Uh, each ticket will have an opportunity to answer those questions. They'll divvy up those opening statements and those answers between the two members uh, as they see fit. Uh, and we're going to alternate. So we'll start with the opening statements here, and then we'll, the second, uh, actually, then we'll start with the first question here, then the second question will go first to the middle, and we'll sort of spread out who goes first in the middle and goes last. And then after we go through the five questions, we'll open it up to the floor. This is the John F. Kennedy Jr. Forum. Uh, and so we will have questions from the audience that are unfiltered because that's the way we do things here. Uh, and then when time is up, we'll have closing statements. Uh, so that's what we're going to do tonight. I'm looking forward to some good discussion. And let's begin uh, with Cece and Tsitsa, uh, who are the first ticket immediately to my left, uh, for their opening statements. Great. <laughs> my name is Cece Gong. Uh, I'm Tsitsa Gofard. And we're running for the UC because we truly believe in the UC's potential and ability to change and improve student life. Our platform is broken down to three top priorities. We want to increase student funding, increase student voice in college governance, and advocate for um, inc more inclusivity in student life on campus. So for student funding, the UC budget has not increased since 2006, while at the same time, the number of student organizations and programs we fund has increased dramatically. This year, we weren't able to fund a single club sport at the full amount requested, and we've also heard of stories of other student pain from a lack of funding. Second is student voice. As everyone knows, probably, um, there's a huge $6.5 billion capital campaign going on, as well as many huge renovations happening on campus. And we want to make sure that student voice is included in every step of that process. We also believe that the referendum process introduced last year um, on the UC presidential ballot is a really important tool for student voice, and we will advocate for all referendum that is passed. The third uh, item on our platform is something we both feel very passionately about. It's making sure that at Harvard we have a community that's inclusive of all students, uh, and that doesn't let certain students fall through the cracks. So I'll explain what that means. We don't think it's right that gender-neutral housing is an option only offered in some houses and not others. And we're going to fight for that. We're going to make sure it's expanded in all houses. We don't think it's right that students who are international or students who can't afford to travel home over spring break because it's too expensive, or our student athletes who stay on campus over that holiday don't have access, don't, aren't able to eat because HUD is closed and because shuttles don't run. We don't think it's right that students who uh, are on financial aid especially, but even just the broader student population, will walk into a classroom and the professor expects them to pay $400 to $500 for course books when there's very little financial aid for that and when that money, that, that sort of requirement isn't actually disclosed. And we're going to fight for that. And we're going to try to, uh, one of our biggest initiatives is trying to put those required course materials available online. We don't think it's right that a student might walk into a dining hall and find that their, dining, uh, their dietary needs aren't met because um, 
of uh, because that, that's still an issue, and we're going to fight for that. Um, so we, we really feel very passionate about this advocacy work, um, and those are our three broad points. All right, next up, DK and Yunus. Hey, how's it going? My name is Chika DK Wokike. I just go by DK. I'm a junior in Dunster House, and I'm study bi studying biomedical engineering. Hi, my name is Yuna Kim. I'm a junior in Elliott House studying economics. And we are running for the UC presidency. So we strongly believe that we are the most relatable ticket, and we strongly believe in engaging students as well as addressing student concerns in a very practical manner. In my experiences, I've been on the council. This is my second year now being on the council. As a freshman on the council, I helped champion a lot of student life improvements uh, started working on the shuttle surveys as well as improving the Lamont Library hours, making them available 24 7 uh, Lamont Library during reading period, as well as flyby efficiency on the Student Life Committee, as well as focusing on a lot of improvements with student engagement and student communications on the Student Relations Committee. In my sophomore year, I was chair of the Black Men's Forum, where I worked a lot with our constituency in engaging our entire membership in, uh, in conversation and dialogue about several topics, whether that's mass incarceration, whether that's sexual assault policy, how we're conceived, um, racial sensitivity. And as a junior currently on the council, I'm the vice chair of the Students Relations, Student Relations Committee, where I'm exploring several opportunities and several different avenues to communicate with students. And our platform really wants to focus on practicality. We believe that lots of times students don't feel engaged with the undergraduate council because they don't know what we're doing. And we want to really ask students what they want done. And we want to lay things out that can be accomplished within our term that are really practical, things that will help students, things that may be small. But we think that those small changes can lead to better long-term goals. And we find that these practical things will help the students feel more engaged and also help the council members feel more engaged so that everyone can work together and bring about change that is necessary and practical. Right. Therefore, we believe that we're your strongest ticket and we'd love to have your vote. Next up, uh, Sam and Gus. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm Gus. And we're running for UC President and Vice President. We're just going to quickly address the topic that's on everybody's mind, which is that neither of us have been on the UC before. How are we supposed to do this? Uh, a lot of people think that that's our biggest liability. We have think that it's actually our biggest asset. We have literally zero experience doing anything on the UC ever. And we think that what that means is that we are UC outsiders. We're not UC insiders. We're closer to the people. We don't get to fly in the UC helicopters. We don't get to go to the UC spas. We don't get to eat refined wheat noodles and meat with all of our meals. That's only holidays for us. We eat coarse millet noodles and steamed vegetables. Gus is right. We, we have to take all eight gen eds. We don't get to just take seven gen eds like most UC members. Like We have to take science of the physical universe. We have to bite that bullet. Um, and what we think, th that means that we're closer to the people. And the fact that we're closer to the people leads us to the second aspect of our platform, which is that we have very common sense solutions to things that actually matter for the everyday Harvard student. The first one Gus is going to talk about. So let's just do a quick hypothetical here. So um, let's say that you're in a box, right? And uh, the box serves a lot of different types of soups. And you're like, you know what? I really enjoyed the soup that I'm eating today. I'm going to write into the box, and I'm going to say, you know what? I like this soup every day. And the box writes back. And the box says, you know what? The box says, you know what? 
We're so glad you liked it, you'll see it again in two weeks. Reality check, Harvard. That wasn't a hypothetical. That box was Harvard University. <laughs> and that soup was tomato basil ravioli soup, and that me was me. And we're not just fighting for myself, we're fighting for everybody. We're fighting for everyone. When I raise my hand, cheer if you would like tomato basil ravioli soup served every single day. Exactly, we're speaking for those Harvard students who want tomato-based ravioli soup every day. It talks to another aspect of our platform, which is that we want thicker toilet paper. Very, very simple. Both, uh, we, we, we very, very strongly support, um, we very, very strongly support both of the other candidates' positions on getting more funding for student groups and for, for club sports and that sort of thing, but why can't some of that money go towards a little bit of Charmin? Less is more in this case, and Less honestly, some people are eating the spicy Manhattan clam chowder every day, so we're fighting for you. So we're definitely fighting for you. Um, and so really what this speaks to, I think our, our campaign has already started to cause waves, has already started to cause people to talk about the UC and to talk about what the UC really does for people. We're in it to win it. Um, we are Sam and Gus. You could do worse. <laughs> So now we're going to move to the uh, five questions from the Harvard Pol Political Reunion Committee. Uh, each ticket has two minutes to answer these questions. Uh, and we'll start with the first question, which is, the perennial UC promise to increase student group funding hasn't had very much success in recent years. How do you plan to increase student group funding, and how might your plans to work with the administration differ from previous candidates? And we'll start with CC and Tsitsa. So we I've been on the council for the past three years now, and I've seen three different administrations work on this very specific issue. And that is why Sita and I's slogan is go forward, because every year when a new administration gets, comes in, there's a transition period and things get stalled. But we want students to know that we will go forward with this and we will see it through to the end. We know um, where the current process is at right now. We've already approached um, the college administration and have gotten approval from majority of the administration. And we know that the next step is to um, work with FAST, the Faculty of Arts and Sciences. This has been one of my personal biggest priorities on the UC because right now we have club sports that aren't able to go to nationals. We have student groups that are being underfunded. We have uh, students who come in for UC grants and find that they aren't able to support their ideas, their initiatives, their innovation, because there's not enough money. And what we have to do is be very firm with the administration. Uh, I, I feel like we've been, we, we, I think we both feel that. We've, uh, we've been going in this process a long time, but it's, it, we've reached the point where, A, we have to take it to the highest levels of university administration, uh, because um, that's a step that, or that's a priority that really needs to be raised on the UC. That hasn't been raised in the past. And second of all, we need to make very clear that if Harvard is going to pride itself so much on student organizations, Harvard's going to have to chip in a little bit. Uh, currently, students uh, pay for the entirety of everything that funds their student organizations through the student activities fee, uh, $75 that we all pay. But we think it's high time that the university itself actually chip in uh, what the UC pays, which is about $400,000, $500,000, um, from its several hundred million dollars in the capital campaign that's allocated to the student life experience. Um, to make sure that this is actually uh, something that the college is supporting. It's a priority. We need to be very firm in advocating for those funds. We believe that when the administration says that undergraduate life is a priority for them, that they should follow through on that promise. PK and Yuna, your answer to the student group funding question. Right. So starting off, uh, Tara and Jen have done a terrific job in 
addressing this concern. They've been having several meetings with the college administration in order to make headway. So first of all, thank you for that. And I think there are a couple of things and a couple of ways that we should approach this in order to hire, uh, to better optimize the money that we can give to students. So first of all, is pushing the conversation we're having with Harvard Athletics and athletic-related administration. Right now, we fund about $65,000 goes towards club sports um, every year, and that's more than 10% of the UC budget. So la a couple of years ago, club sports was not funded by the UC. Club sports was actually funded by administration. Being that FAS was in a deficit, they shovel past it to us. Therefore, we should have FAS or administration at least work ways to uh, divide the amount that we are funding. So that way, we have more money, maybe even half, that we can allocate to student groups. But still, that is an amount of money that we can use for better funding of our student groups. So that's one way. Secondly, there are, uh, right now on the college bill, uh, the fee, the $75 fee that goes to the undergraduate council is enabled the undergraduate council fee. And unfortunately, a lot of students aren't involved in student groups as well as the undergraduate council, so they opt out of this fee. However, we believe that it's a bit of a misnomer, and we believe that it's still a benefit to everybody to still be uh, invested in this fee. And therefore, if we, have re if we rename this fee to the student activities fee, which it should be, then I believe more students will opt in, and that will give us more the 12,000 to 18,000 that we lose because of that. So I think those are things we should focus on. Great, um, Sam and Gus. I'm gonna take a point on this one. Um, I don't know what the word, word perennial means, but <laughs> moving to the larger issue here. The administration for several years now has not raised the UC's budget. And everybody else on this stage has been on the UC for several years. And nothing has changed. There has been a lack of change here. And I, don't, I hear people saying we must be firm with the administration. But what does that mean? How do you become more firm with someone? Uh, I, th I think Gus is getting at something very important, that, that, many, that many of the last, the, the last several presidents and VPs have been very firm with the administration and have tried to take these exact sorts of approaches. I'm not exactly sure what those approaches are beyond being firm and having more meetings, but the people have taken these sorts of approaches to try to get more funding, and it simply hasn't happened. And I mean, the, it's, the administration has to sign off on this. The question is, what do we as students, what are our tools to be able to make this happen. Can we boycott classes? Is that something that's possible at Harvard where everybody's very competitive and wants to go to class and be the best? Is that a possibility? What are our abilities here? Because right now, I'm hearing empty words. And empty, empty words, words. It's, like, it's like biting into an onion. It's like biting into an it's, onion. It's an unpleasant taste. It's very an unpleasant taste. Gus, do you want to? No, it's an unpleasant taste. Yeah. All right, question number two. Do you believe that there are serious divisions at Harvard along the lines of race, socioeconomic status, or sexual orientation? If so, what steps do you plan to take to create a more welcoming and inclusive campus community? DK and Yuna, you guys will get this one first. Right. So working on the Black Men's Forum and being very invested in that organization, uh, unfortunately, I believe you realize over your years that there are very implicit divisions among us. Um, in my opinion, Harvard is a very um, 
it's an amazing community. A lot of people co-mingle, and a lot of people have very diverse friend groups and learn from each other. However, there are still those uh, very implicit divisions between us. And therefore, we should be addressing these concerns and these topics very early. For instance, community conversations. Community conversations, in my opinion, is something that should be changed in a way to be very hypersensitive and very aware of these things. A lot of people don't know, um, for instance, uh, gender preferred pronouns. People don't know how to address these topics. And these are things that should be brought up, should be knowledgeable of all student, uh, the entire student body. And I think these are things that we should do. I think that to answer the question, yes, there are many divisions within the Harvard undergraduate community. And we feel that one of the things that is lacking is board members from these different organizations uh, coming together as one, maybe just even one time a month, and kind of talking about the issues that are relevant and holding a open forum for students to come and understand what the opposite side of what their viewpoint is, is really feeling about any certain issue. And as a ticket, we feel that diversity really should be pronounced and we should promote it. And it can only be uh, brought to its fullest when we have the leaders of each different organization, of each different group coming together and talking about what they can do. And as UC leaders, we want to help these organizations come together and facilitate a discussion. Great. Uh, Sam and Gus. Uh, I'd say overall I, can, I completely agree with all of that. I think diversity is incredibly important. I think, it, I think it certainly is clear that there are implicit and explicit rifts within um, the student body. And I think I, I would agree that I think it's very important that, that, those, that those sorts of issues are addressed. I think, um, I think a couple referenda that are on the docket this, this year can really help with that. I think the gender, news or the gender neutral housing question and um, the promotion of immigration reform are two terrific opportunities for the UC and for the student body to, to really move towards that sort of um, that, that sort of goal of more inclusion and of more diversity. So in all seriousness, yeah, the gender neutral housing referendum option, if any of these tickets said they were not in favor of that, like nobody's gonna say that. That would be, that's that, that would be dumb. silly. <laughs> um, it's, obviously, but, I mean, it's obviously a good idea, so I, I, is promotion of immigration reform. Like, yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're pretty. But like, like why are they, but um, I mean part of this is that, you know, this comes back to the money question. If you want to be a part of a group and you don't think you're going to be able to pay for it, you're not going to go out and try to be a part of it. This goes for social organizations. It goes for you know, clubs, sports. These are all, they're all linked. It's, all, it's about providing everyone, when they step on this campus, they're not just like everybody else, but they're starting at the same line as everybody else. Yeah. So I, I would say in general, we, we frankly don't have a very explicit sort of um, policy line for, for promoting this sort of diversity. I think, I think maybe that, you know, that's, that's something that's, it, it's 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 a difficult su uh, subject to address certainly, but I think I think a lot a lot of what um, what DK and you know were saying is is absolutely correct, and we would we would certainly support those those sorts of actions and and yeah. All right, uh, CC and Tsitsa. There's such incredible diversity here at Harvard, and yet there are these um, these rifts that you say in um, these different communities, and we believe that we both need to celebrate and educate about these communities here at Harvard. And that's why a big part of our platform is increasing the inclusivity on campus in these community-based events. And so we want to bring back events like Diversitas to celebrate diversity. And DK brought up a great point with community conversations. That conversation happens freshman year, but we don't return to it ever here. 
as an institution. And we think that this should be institutionalized once you enter a house as well to keep this conversation going. We fully support the gender neutral housing referenda. Whether it passes or not, we are strong supporters of this. And um, we've had many, we've approached many student organizations and QSA and Latinas Unidas and AAA. All these cultural organizations have already endorsed our ticket and provided, um, expressed their full support because they believe in our ability to celebrate this diversity as well as bring the community together. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I think all six, all seven of us on this stage agree that diversity is something we should be celebrating and the UC should be actively partaking in because uh, it is such an important thing. And, you know, as Cece said, bringing back diversitas or, um, you know, uh, uh, working with student organizations throughout the year. You know, you're right, every single month, at least this, the UC should be bringing organizations together. We should have uh, meetings. Uh, to plan large-scale events so that people can really um, discuss these issues of race and of, ide of identity and of gender and of preferred gender pronouns um, and of uh, socioeconomic status. These are things that we should be talking about because at Harvard this is part of uh, increasing our awareness as a community. Um, and, and not just in freshman conversations, throughout the house experience as well. So we are absolutely fully committed to that. Um, and we obviously would want to continue hearing from all of you how we can go forward in that process. All right, so question number three, um, which we'll start with Sam and Gus, uh, is this. Due to the bureaucracy of the Office of Student Life, mm -hmm. many aspiring student groups have trouble getting up, on up, get, getting up on their feet, while current student groups find it difficult to plan new events. What would you do to specifically reduce the unnecessary burden and rules that the Office of Student Life places on student groups and those, on those planning social events? We feel feel really strongly about this one. Oh my um, god! So so we so so Gus and I are in charge of um, we're in we're 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 both co-presidents of, of an organization known as On Thin Ice, On Thin Ice Comedy and Projects. We're also involved in other student organizations, other student organizations as well. Um, and we've had this exact sort of experience that that. It, it, that navigating the bureaucracy of the Office of Student Life is, is, is remarkably difficult. It is god awful. It is, it is really, <laughs> frankly, terrible. Um, and um, I, I, think, I think one thing that this, that this speaks to in many ways is, is the fact that the UC and the Office of Student Life have terrific intentions and, and have terrific people, incredibly talented, incredibly intelligent people who are very, very driven and very passionate. But these are, in many ways, very like spayed, neutered organizations that don't have the capacity to, to combat the administration to be able to, 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 to essentially fight for what students want. Um, we want to sort of demonstrate this based on um, the uh, one of our one of our platforms. So one of our platforms is that we want there to be thicker toilet paper. This is this is Harvard this is Harvard University toilet paper, which right now is going to represent the the sort of the mechanisms that the UC and the Office of Student Life have at their disposal in order to to sort of deal with these sorts of issues. Um, now now, what you'll see be here. Be careful on my stage here. What you'll see here. Oh oh, it's what it's it's fickle. It's fickle. It's fragile. But what we have here is what the UC could be, which is Charmin Ultra. Charmin Ultra Strong. Um, this, this puppy is not. It's so thick. Where do you, you start? You, you don't even know where to start. Right, right. Um, and, I'm going to uncap it. So and we're right. hoping that. It helps. It helps. It helps. Uh, it's a. Um, 
It's a symbol, it's not a perfect symbol. What you'll see is that it still will fall apart. And what we have to realize is that even if the Charmin Ultra UC falls apart, we still have to drive forward and we still have to advocate for student issues even when we're navigating through a bureaucracy such as the Office of Student Life. And I think any of these tickets could do a great job of that, but we have great symbols. <laughs> and CITSA. Hard to follow that. <laughs> but the Office of Student Life is such an important resource on campus for, for student activities ranging from um, every part of um, life here at Harvard. And I've dealt with this bureaucracy. And we've, I've met with, um, I mean, we've both met with Dean Lassonde about many of these issues that students have brought up. And we've called for more transparency. We've called for more responses. We've called for more answers. And um, one thing that the deans have instated is um, office hours. So Dean Lassonde is the dean of um, student life, and he has office hours now in Lamont every week. But we feel like students' needs are still not being met in some way. They're, students don't know who directly to go to. And we believe that um, the UC should be that communication between students and the stu Office of Student Life. So. I, I've sat in on these student organization recognition meetings. Uh, these are meetings that happen at 8 a.m. They're not very fun, believe me. <laughs> but um, what, one of the problems that we always see is student organizations come in and they end up being denied or deferred because they didn't know what the process was like. They didn't know exactly what the criteria were for being a student organization. They didn't know why they were being denied. Uh, they didn't know uh, what sorts of things the OSL is actually looking at you know, in their bureaucracy. Uh, to, to really be approved. These are things that need to be more transparent, and these are things that the UC should be providing advice to student organizations uh, that are trying to, to be established. The same thing with existing student organizations. Why is it so hard for them to find rooms? Why is it so hard for them to you know, e e even just apply for a lot of the, uh, the, the sort of Harvard's funding? Um, and sort of, I guess along those lines, we also think that the OSL should be providing more resources things like tax council, right? Things like international groups want to travel abroad, a lot of them need travel agents. You know, these are things that the OSL should be providing and that the UC should be um, connecting them to in a very significant and meaningful way. DK and Yuna. Right, so given my experiences, one, on the council, and two, being on the board of a different student organization that's still very involved, uh, I think it's very easy to see two sides of this. So. In my freshman year, I was on the Student Organization Recognition Committee, the uh, diversity and ethnic organization um, facet of it. So I helped recognize, for instance, the Dominican Students Association. And first of all, it's great to have that student representation in the process, and we need to make sure of that. And if not, we need to kind of proliferate that and make sure that more students have input in what they want to see, or at least have uh, input in the student organizations that can be on this campus. So that's one point. And secondly, that the OSL needs to better communicate with the students. They need to better communicate with the organizations that they're doing uh, their business with and just be more efficient <laughs> with it. And we're really excited that there's going to be a new student center set up by 2018. And you know, we really want students to be able to navigate the student center. 
And by that, we mean we feel that we need to give more responsibility to the students so that they can make direct reservations for rooms. Right now, all the organizations have to go through this red tape process where they have to request a room through OLF, Student Life Organization. And then we believe that the students should be able to directly reserve the rooms that they want, and we should be responsible about which rooms we're organized, uh, reserving so that we don't overtake another club's space. And we also feel that for creating a new group, uh, we feel that it's too difficult of a written process and uh, proposals and requests. We feel that there should be a direct interview um, so that they can be approved or denied right on the spot. All right. Uh, question four before I read the questions to remind the audience. Hashtag UC debate. If you want to participate for your Twitter, you're not doing that very much. I just looked. Tara's, I think, the only one doing it. No, there are a couple other tweets. But yeah, I saw one from you, James. Thanks. Appreciate that. And Alyssa, somebody tweeted. Um, so tweet. It's fun. Um, question four. And we'll start back over, um, over here. As you probably know, this year's voting will also include four referenda expressing requests from the university administration. Which, if any, of these referenda do you support? And how would you work with the administration to see that they are implemented? CC and CITA. Awesome question. As we've already said, we believe that the referenda is such an important tool for student voice. And we will throw our entire advocacy efforts behind every single resolution um, referendum that is passed. We want to ensure that everyone, every student group or student who submitted a referenda gets a response from the administration. Because if there's a student who wants to put in this effort to submit this referenda and have, and if a majority of student body votes for it, it means there is student concern around this issue. And we, as the UC, believe that we should be an advocate for these student voices. So just to throw out some examples, right? The gender-neutral housing referendum. You know, if, if and, and, and when that would pass, um, you know, what's the next step for that? Tara and Jen have been great this year in, in, in working with student groups and making sure there's follow-up. One of the things that we would like to see is an institutionalized sort of framework, sort of like our We the Crimson platform, where in our contract with the university, there is actually an explicit rule that states any referendum that passes, not only the UC officially endorses, but actually it requires a response from the highest levels of university governance within, we'll say, a month. Um, and, and this is something that we really have to follow up, follow up, follow up with. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, it, these referendum won't garner a lot of, of progress unless we really are on top of that process. Uh, another one is the UPASS, right? Um, to, to expand the, the UPASS initiative so that students can travel into Boston more easily, like so many of our peer institutions uh, have the pleasure and privilege of enjoying. And this also speaks to uh, our, our, our sort of very fundamental belief that students need a, a real input into the college budget making process. The UC has never had one. We've never even considered it but uh, in, in, in some sort of way of student participatory budgeting, where we could say, this is really about priority of ours, and this is something that you should consider over the summer when FAS is making your, your, your budget priorities. Um, working together with those initiatives is uh, a really a top issue in, on, on our agenda. DKMU. Right, so this obviously highlights our role as student advocates. At the end of the day, we are for the students, by the students. So we are here for the greatest benefit of the student body. And in my opinion, and my hope is that a lot of students, even more than last year, engage with the current elections and vote this year. It obviously shows 
a huge portion of the undergraduate community is supporting a particular stance on a topic. This should not be ignored at all. There is no way 3,000 students, 3,000 plus students, are going to express their concern in a very easy, readable, and just succinct manner, and that the administration does not take heed to this and does not understand this. So then this is our role to push forward and to make sure that the administration is following up on this task. For instance, with the divestment movement, thankfully this year we, um, the Harvard administration hired their VP of sustainable sustainability or sustainable investments. And that goes to show you that we are making strides by knocking on the door and constantly following up. And that goes to another uh, facet in student input of, for instance, the capital campaign. Something that a lot of student input hasn't been put in and that the UC would provide a great channel to provide it through. This, for instance, unrestricted funds where there are, there's no label, there's no specific goal tied to it. It's not for all state improvements or it's not for house renewal. This is where student input can definitely be channeled into. For instance, hot breakfast, for uh, uh, upperclassmen, something that has been devoid for several years that students obviously want, as well as other things, improving these uh, UC budget. These are things that we should be pushing forward with the students behind us. Um, Simon Gus. My dad. So, you, you, you. My dad, Sam, used to say, when I would ask for things, he would say, do you want a fast answer? or do you want an answer you're gonna like? And if I said a fast answer, he would say no to whatever I was asking for. Um, it's my biography. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, we're pretty sure we know what all four of the referenda are. Um, we know that we know three of them. Um, and then we think that there's a fourth one about water. This is about water. There's one about water bottles, um, which I think is, we're already demonstrating it's we all want going water. well. Um, I think Who's voting against this. We all want water. I, I think it's very clear that 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 these referenda are, are pretty great. I mean, I think a lot of them are pretty common sense. Um, gender neutral housing is common sense. Immigration reform is common sense. Our immigration system in this country is broken. It would be great for Harvard to take a stance on it. I think uh, in terms of recycling, it's good, great to recycle. Um, and then there's a fourth. Oh yeah, and then there's, would you like to be able to go into Boston for full price? Oh yes, oh price? absolutely, yeah. Duh. It's a hard one. Duh, obviously. <laughs> I think, I think really what the big question here is, is what happens once these get passed? Like, what as, I, as we said before, the, the UC right now is, is this um, one ply or two ply um, <laughs> toilet paper right here. Two ply. It's, it's all the toilet It's like one and a half ply. But the question frankly. is. But the, the, the thing is, is that we're, I, I, we're, we are unclear as to, as to how, how these sorts of changes are gonna happen once the referenda actually get passed. In order for the immigration reform question to happen, Drew Faust needs to write a letter. Um, we can try to make her do that, um, we'll see. And on uh, another one, uh, the, in terms of gender neutral housing, like that's, that's a, right. a change I mean, that needs to happen if, on, the, on, the, on the side of administration. Even if 90% um, of the students say we want this, what does that mean the administration has to do? And I don't think yeah. the answer is very clear. Yeah, it's, it, it's very unclear. I think the hot breakfast question proves that, that we've been very wanting hungry. it for a long time. <laughs> the final question uh, from the committee. Question number five. Many frequently cite the disproportionate career services resources dedicated to finance or consulting and the lack of direction for Harvard students interested in pursuing careers elsewhere. 
How do you plan to work with the administration to improve services for those interested in a wider range of career services? Uh, TK and Nina, you guys are up first. Right. So um, I remember talking a lot about this to my roommate. He's very interested in advertising, and he's very interested in marketing as well. And the OCS doesn't have a lot of opportunities for this, especially with the derivative organization, student organization, I believe the Harvard Advertising Club. Um, so in order to obviously implement these changes, we'd have to get a feel for it by speaking to students. We'd have to target these student groups or um, just ensembles that represent what needs to be, what needs to be expressed in the OCS and ask, okay, how can we do this? How can we better serve you? How can we uh, implement these? How can we bring more recruiters or more information to these, uh, to these programming? And then through that, through understanding what the students want, we will get these changes. And we really feel that the uh, OCS does a great job. And I think that the reason why it is uh, mostly consulting and finance that they work with is because lots of students are interested in that field. I think that's something that we have to work on is getting more student input on careers that they would be interested in learning about. I know for a fact that OCS has brought in more media-related industries, but students would not show up at those events. So what we really want to do is use our resources wisely. So we need to take a poll of what students want to see, and we want to make those implemented into OCS. So if they consistently want to see consulting and finance, we think that there should be more of consulting and finance. If there should be more artistic routes or media-related or advertising industries that they're in interested in, we should bring in companies and reach out to those companies to come on campus. But we really think that the student should be saying what they want, and OCS should be presenting it to them uh, through that kind of format. Sam and Gus. Uh, Gus and I once went to a consulting fair together at the Sheridan Commander. And this is awkward for me because I wrote my entrance essay to Harvard about how I want to sell high-yield bonds to McKinsey. But <laughs> when you graduate from this school, you get a certified stamp that says, I am guaranteed a position at any of the top three consulting firms in the world. And we all know that. Um, I, I think, I think something <laughs> that, that's very clear. Um, based on what was just said, that the, the OCS does a great job and that there's more consulting um, positions open because more students are interested in that and students haven't showed up to certain events like media. Gus and I, among, among our various interests, are interested perhaps in media one day. Um, we didn't know that those events that, they were, that were just referenced happened. I think that, that speaks to the root of the problem. It isn't that students aren't interested in being a part of media. There are clearly tons of remarkably successful graduates from this school that have gone on to incredible careers in media. I mean, but we, we want to someday maybe do that and I mean, part learn of this things, is, why, but why do you we think didn't know that these events happened. I think, I think the fact that OCS is catering to consulting, consulting firms I mean, that's great, you'll get a great consulting job, but I, I don't think the fact that more students show up to that is indicative of the fact that more students are interested in no, that. We didn't not. know I mean, the media things happened. Why do you think? We also don't read much. Why did we show up to that? It's not because 
We, oh God, we're gonna regret this in five we, years. We are not interested in doing that, but it was the only thing that was presented to us. And that's why these people are showing up to this. It's the only thing that they know that Harvard students go and do. 60% of the last graduating class went into consulting. 60% of the incoming class did not say they wanted to go into consulting. Yeah, um, there is a, yeah something's Gus, happening. The here. reason that Gus and I went to that consulting fair is because we had a little bit of an identity crisis because we had no idea what exactly we were going to do when we graduated, and we thought maybe we could do something having to do with comedy, and we're like, ah, that, that's not real jobs. It's but, not real jobs. So we're like, let's go to a consulting fair. We let's see what UC happens. President we went fair. and. <laughs> We um, do not intend to be consultants. We are never getting hired. <laughs> CC and CITSA. We definitely agree that we should see, we should get a pulse on what the students want. But at the same time, we should also help those students who don't know what they want. I went into OCS one day because I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And I was handed a stack of pamphlets from consulting and uh, finance events. And I looked at the OCS website and the calendar, and it's completely stacked with um, recruiting events and wine and dining and um, meals at like upstairs in the square. And these finance and consulting firms have the funds available to woo students. Um, and it makes it easier for them because there is a fee to recruit through the Charles Hotel and um, to host a meal and snacks at the faculty club. And so we believe that we should work with OCS to pro provide more resources to other industries who probably don't have the resources to host these lavish recruiting events. And so students can see equal amounts of different industries. And so freshmen don't go into OCS and be, be bombarded by these um, recruiting yeah. events. Um, at the same time, I think there should be more re resources given to other institutions. Like, there's a great program for media, like Harvard would. Um, and I, I didn't hear about it until this year, but it's a great program for students wanting to go into media. So there should be more communication with the student body on what is out there, what is available, and what students have the potential to do. Yeah, both of us feel very strongly about this. Um, while it's, it's a great profession, neither of us are actually interested in finance and consulting. Um, and we're, you know, we, we both sort of, and I think both of us are still trying to find out what we want to do. One of the things that we've been working on uh, most vigorously in the education committee on which we both uh, serve is actually instituting a sort of student path program um, in a lot of departments so that students can look up to their upperclassmen peers and say, you know, what other options are there? You know, if I don't want to follow consulting and finance, what else, what more creative routes can I explore? All right, we've now wrapped up the questions uh, prepared by the HPU committee. And now we're gonna invite the audience to ask questions, just like we always do at the John F. Kennedy Jr. Forum. We have a couple of rules that we always have here. Um, one is we want your questioner to identify herself. Uh, the second is uh, it's a brief question. It does not contain a speech in the middle of it. It is a question. Uh, and questions end with a question mark. And then they don't end with a question mark because you said, Blah, 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 speech, do you agree? That's not a question. Um, but we've got a microphone here, two on the floor, uh, two in the boxes up there, and we'll go as round to uh, as many as we can, don't all jump up at once. And we also remind our hashtag UC debates, UC debates singular, um, tweets are getting better. Does anybody want any grapes? <laughs> I'll take one. <laughs> you just pass them on down. Ah, I love grapes. It's not, <laughs> it's not to be right. a basil soup, though. And then, and then the other thing, I just to let the panelists know. 
I like grapes. Don't stop. I like grapes, too. You want grapes? Yeah, I'll take the grapes. Wait, wait. One thing I since this is a college campus, those grapes are like, they're just grapes, right? Those are grapes. We got them from market. What else would they be? I don't know, actually. Laced with something. I don't know. I don't know what a not. It's. We'll find out together. I'll take two grapes. All right. So we'll eat the grapes. Group grapes, right? All right. You got some? This is a big grape. It's a big grape. Where's your, you get here. Do you guys wash this? It's dirty. Uh, I oh, we don't. Oh. Hey, five second rule. It, yeah. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> oh, I found it. Look, I think it was 4.5. I think you're good. All right, so we'll eat it together. So the one thing I do want to tell you, what we're going to do for answers for this, we're still going to rotate, but I'm going to alternate. So Gus and we'll start with you guys. We'll work Great. this way. And we'll continue to do the. Uh, no seeds. No, seeds? No. no, you know what? Nobody's going to want them. Mm, look at a good grape. Start over here. Yes. All right. Hi, my name is Eric Chung. I'm one of the co-presidents of the Harvard Radcliffe Chinese Students Association and the president of Harvard Model Congress Europe. I've heard some criticisms about the UC in terms of its one tangible impact usually being it being a funding arm and providing funding for student organizations. And in thinking about the government shutdown that recently happened, I wanted to ask if the UC were to shut down tomorrow, what would be the tangible impacts we would feel one month from now, six months from now, and one year from now? The tangible impacts, the specific impacts. All right, Sam and Gus, you guys are up first, and we'll work our way um, up this way. I think we would still not have tomato-based ravioli soup every day. I think we would still have thin toilet paper. I think, I don't think this question is targeted at us. But if it is, <laughs> fair. We don't know <laughs> quite what would happen. But if we say it together, no, no. But because, so I, I think it's very clear that, that the UC has uh, an enormous impact in terms of the funds that it provides for student groups. I, I mean, um, my group. In, I run Satire 5. If the UC shut down, we wouldn't be able to publish this semester or next semester or any semester in the future because literally all of our printing money comes from the UC. That being yeah. said, the UC sometimes inadvertently shuts itself down with its own reforms. We're only able to publish, we have 40 members, we're only able to publish once a semester because they have a green initiative that says you can only give money for printing once a semester. Meanwhile, the Crimson's throwing out more papers than I could eat. <laughs> and, 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 and Gus, and, and Gus can eat a lot of paper. Um, I'm not keeping these notes I after think, we're done. I think, I think, I think the next to your point is that, is that there's, a, there's a tremendous value to the money that the UC gives. Um, I, I, would, I would piggyback off that and say um, I've been involved in a lot of productions with the Harvard Radcliffe Dramatic Club um, with, you know, uh, th that, agreed? Um, and I think, so, I think the funding that the UC gives is very important. Although I would agree with the general angle of your question that I, I don't quite know what happens beyond, beyond the funding and I would like to see more happen. So one week from now, uh, all the groups that come in for their week of funding wouldn't get their funding at all. One month from now, the same thing would happen. And one year from now, the same thing would happen. There are lots of dedicated students within the Council on the Financial Committee who take over two hours, three hours, four hours every week interviewing student leaders who are requesting money to, for their group. So all of your parties, all of your cultural awareness programs, all of those would be gone. Uh, you wouldn't have Salem outing trips. You wouldn't have secret snowflakes. 
You wouldn't have a lot of things. What would the Crimson write about? <laughs> so I think your question is more about um, what doesn't the council do? I mean, if you think about it, we really do spend a lot of time focusing on how we can improve student life. You know, we spend a lot of our hours out of the week thinking about activities that can bring the school together as a whole. Um, and we spend a lot of time on our weekly newsletters that are sent out every Monday um, so that students can really know what's going on. So I think it's more of, you know, you thinking about what our group has done to fund your group. Yeah. Um, I think that the UC just it does so much when you actually think about it. Like, for instance, uh, the shuttle services. So thank you, Sita, with that, for pushing that to the end. But the early morning shell services, Lamont Library, uh, Lamont Cafe wouldn't have been here. You wouldn't have had universal swipe access into all of the uh, dorms and houses. You wouldn't have had uh, the you wouldn't have had the campus center that will be erected in 2018. Uh, you wouldn't have UC restaurants. You wouldn't have several other things. You wouldn't have um, you would be taking your finals right after your winter break. You'd be doing so many things differently and all of these things are things because the UC really invested its time and we really need students to invest itself in the UC. CC and Sita. First of all, thank you for the fantastic question, Eric. I've seen the countless hours that FICOM puts into meeting with every single student that comes in to apply for a grant and advocating for every student to try to get them as much money as possible. Without the UC, there will be no funding. There will be nothing going back to the students. The UC currently, our budget funds literally every student activity on campus. Without the ed education committee, there would not be, um, like DK said, things like having finals after winter break and having kids study all through winter break. Um, I, mean, with, I mean, your specific question was addressed to the finances. But besides the finances, the finances are one of the mo biggest uh, responsibilities that the UC has to the student body. But so many little inconveniences that you have in your daily lives at Harvard that you don't even think about are attributed to advocacy work, years of advocacy work on the part of the UC. Yeah. Uh, it's, thank you for your question, Eric. It's a wonderful question. It's easy to see or to, to, to have this impression that the UC only funds two organizations uh, and that for, for some reason it seems less relevant on campus than we'd like it to be. Um, but first of all, so let me, just two points. First of all, for all those people who say the UC is irrelevant, um, we, we, can't, we can't rest with that. That's a very sort of uh, cynical and, 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 and resigning approach. And we're not gonna, we're, we're not gonna let that stand. Um, and if people do feel it's irrelevant, well, we're going to change that um, because we need to go forward. Second of all, um, the UC does, as, as CC and I mean, everyone said, a lot of long-term initiatives, which, I mean, I know CC and I are really passionate to keep up. Things like weekend morning shuttles would have never happened uh, if we never made the final push this year. Um, and that was a project that I was personally really passionate about. I'm glad we got that. Um, I would go on, but time's out. So. <laughs> Thank you. All right, uh, next question will go up here on to the second level or the loge. Solid. Oh, loud. Okay. Uh, Alexandra Iasconi, AKA Scones, uh, Scorpio. 
Uh, my question <laughs> is for all you guys. Um, let's have a little fun with this. Uh, I would like, uh, phrase a question mark. All right, got it. <laughs> Why would the people seated to the left of you be better president and vice president than you? And people over there, you can go over to the other side. If so we're on the left, do we loop? All or right, do we we'll talk to? About no, no, so we're, like, we're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> like us, you can do the audience if you. Uh, you do you, do you. Sort of All start right. with uh, DK and Yuna. All right. Oh, no, I think this one's easy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think that Sam and Gus would be a terrific pair for the UC because they bring a lot of fresh new ideas to the UC. They're very, as you can see, very engaged with their audience, very engaged with the students. And that's very important in leadership. You want people to like you, obviously. And you want to bring the things that students really want, like Charmin and grapes. And, uh, you did eat a grape. I did. Yeah, oh, I totally did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and ravioli, tomato, rav tomato basil. Ravioli soup, sorry about that. <laughs> and at the end of the day, they're also very charming. So I think they would be a, a great pair. All right. Uh, you guys don't have to take the full two minutes for the answers, so that's okay. Uh, Sam? Um, I mean, they've, they've obviously know. served on the UC, and we haven't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've spent. So they, 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 they I, I, think, I think CC and Sita have, have absolutely like poured their heart and soul in, into, into the UC, and I think it's very clear that they've been very passionate, and I think it's very clear that they've worked so, so hard to get a lot of student initiatives passed. And, and a lot I, of the I, things that we enjoy today are thanks to their work. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's absolutely true. Um, and I, I think they, they're, they're, they're very committed, they're very smart, they're also very charming, um, and they, I think, they I would I love do, the red coat. Yeah, they would, they would certainly be better than us at navigating the mechanisms of the UC because they obviously know them better. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Um, CC and Sita. All right. Um, I mean, I've been friends with DK and Yuna since freshman year, and I've, I've seen DK and Yuna's passion for um, connecting with the student body. Um, I mean, Yuna reached out to me last night just to talk and get to know me better and just to chat and forget the, the campaign craziness for a little while. And so I really respect both of them so much. And I do consider both of them dear friends. Um, and I know that whoever wins this election, whether it's us or DK Rina or Sam or Gus, um, they're going to do a fantastic job. And um, people love, I mean, people love DK Rina. Yeah. And can, and can I just add on that throughout all this campaign craziness, and we know tensions are sort, of, are sort of maybe a little higher on campus than they usually are. We know that some of these discussions and, and friendships can be a little awkward during these two weeks. Um, <laughs> but but, but, but in, in all seriousness, uh, we, we, we don't want this time to ruin any friendships for anyone. Um, at the end of the day, this is a campus election. That's important. Uh, but we, you know, all, all of us together are still friends. And we all believe in the same mission. Um, I, I, I know CC and I and, and, and DK and Yuna, we, we, all, we all think the UC should be in a better place and we, and we all try to work hard to achieve that. Um, next week, we're, regardless of what happens, uh, we're all going to grab dinner together after Harvard wins the Harvard-Yale game. Oh, Sam uh, and Gus are invited. <laughs> and, sorry, oh. and, and Sam and Gus, of course. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and you're going to have tomato basil ravioli. Yeah, so. it will be oh. tomato basil ravioli. It'll be a potluck. It will be, be responsible. Can we go to, we'll, can we go to Tasty Burgers? Great.
We'll go to taste. We'll go to taste. Can I go too? And you can yes, come. Yes, you're with invited. Yeah. Everyone's because, invited. Because because at the at the end of the day, we're all still friends, and we all believe that the UC has a very important role on campus in serving their students. Sam and I broke up. <laughs> <laughs> it's been hard. Sorry about that. Uh, question over here, which we'll uh, start with. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You guys. Hi, um, my name is Chisholm, and I am currently vice chair of the education committee. And so as someone who's on the UC, I know I recognize that the UC actually does a lot of work. And I'm really excited by a lot of your campaign promises. But you know, as someone on the UC, I know that we, you know, there's sort of a, a dichotomy between these actions and the actual results. And I was wondering if you recognize this and how do you account for this in your campaign rhetoric? Great, that's an awesome question. So when Sita and I were sitting down for our first brainstorm of our platform, we started with very concrete ideas that we think that we can achieve during our term. And then we tie that to longer term goals and overall arching um, priorities that we have. And Sita and I have both been on the council for the past, at least the past two years. And we've actually, we've achieved results through our advocacy efforts and so we know what needs to be done, what goes into advocacy, what goes into achieving success with these efforts. And we've seen results come from that, and that's why we're so inspired to go forward. We, we have very ambitious goals, but at the same time, I think we are the most practical ticket because of the experiences and the results that we've had. We got weekend morning shuttle service. That was something that they pushed for since 2009, and I, I, I led the project and we wrapped it up this year. Uh, food labels in the dining halls was something I personally worked on on the HUDS committee because we realized, I, I realized that that was something students needed to have. Boom, we got that done. Uh, fresh fruit bars on Tuesdays. Boom, we got that done in the HUDS committee as well. Uh, UC outings is, is something that CC really pushed to, to forge greater community on campus. Boom, we got that done. Um, it's, it, 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 it does require a lot of sort of practical thinking about what is possible within the, within the year because obviously we only have a year. Um, and that's why a lot of items on our, 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 our platform think big, but really try to tackle it in innovative and practical ways. You know, so for example, with uh, trying to tackle the problem of course materials, right, um, that students aren't able to access them equally, and we think that's something that really is unjust and needs to be changed, um, asking as professors as many as possible to put those course materials online. And actually, many professors have started to do them. My ex-1776 professor actually started the year saying that. And that's something that there is a model for, clearly. And that we should expand to other departments and other classes. Um, and that's something we will be vigorously pursuing in the next year ahead. Sam and Gus. Um, I, think, I think what you said was, is actually very central to a lot of what we've been discussing. I think our, you know, our, our, our symbol here of, uh, of uh, Charmin versus Harvard um, Toilet paper, I think, I think, sort of indicates the fact that that in many ways there is this sort of rift, there is this dichotomy between declared goals of the UC and actual substantive results because the UC is, you know, one and a half ply and is oftentimes not able to accomplish what it sets out to accomplish because the administration nixes so much of what they attempt to do and because they've lost so much power relative to the administration. And we're not on the UC. So we don't know what happens behind. Although one of the things we'd like, how do you guys feel about like filming your meetings so we could like watch? Yeah. 
um, Sunday they're, at 7 p.m. They're yeah, open to the general public. But I, I See, we didn't know that, and we're running for president <laughs> and vice president. Which, and like, I think that that perhaps more speaks to us and our like I, lack of willingness to I read. I can't make that time. He and he, yeah, um, Gus but, has things then. Um, but but I mean, part I, of this is that we don't we don't know what's being said. We only see the results, and. Yep. So, so, so we agree with the, with that sort of perspective and that I'm, you're saying, and and, and we we cannot because we are not members of the UC, we cannot speak to what happens behind closed doors and the sort of and, and every or open doors, um, and what is what is poured into these these decisions and these All declarations. All we can say is, if we were there, would we be able to go ahead and get the things that are thought of but can't get done, and push them forward and take a new tactic towards the administration and get students organized in ways that maybe people don't want to use yet. Or in ways that we, I think we could organize people in ways that they have not been organized in the past. That had the correct preposition. And, the, and that, um, that, that is a different approach from the approaches that have been taken in the past, which have led to the sort of dichotomy that you were questioning. DK Nuno. So we really want to focus on practical changes that you can see right now um, and in, within the year of our term. And what we want to do is, you know, we want to ask the students to kind of check mark the list of things we have on our platform and say, yeah, we want that done, we want that done. And they're really simple things from making Harvard box office uh, sell their tickets electronically um, to having Elliott Gate open for all the school before 8 p.m. to having our email accounts serve as lifetime accounts because once we graduate, everything gets deleted, nothing gets transferred. Um, and you know, we wanna work with things that are so doable so accessible, we just have to work with the right administration, the different organizations on campus. And we feel that as leaders, DK and I have had a lot of other experience, not within the council, but not only within the council, but also outside of the council, so we know what other groups want. And we feel that as leaders, we're really the most capable of delegating works to the correct groups and saying this is what needs to be done for these practical changes. Absolutely. Um, at the end of the day, it really does come down to practicality and approach. For instance, there are two ways that the undergraduate council generally goes about student governance uh, a lot with their student initiatives and changes. So a lot of them are very student facing. They're not particularly permanent, but they're faster to get done very established because they're dealing a lot more with students. You're less dealing with administration and you're not dealing with a lot of those obstacles. And then there's the administration administration-facing channel where you're dealing a lot with the administration and their money or their time and essentially the people. So therefore, you have to mitigate for that. That being said, understanding that we only have one year, we have to monopolize and we have to optimize on the changes that we can make for the students that will best benefit them, but still focus on, at the same time, those changes that we can make in the administration for five, 10, 15 years to come. Thank you. Um, okay, Maida. Hi, um, I'm Maida, I'm a senior in Adams. Um, you guys are all doing a great job so far. Um, but my question is about communication and transparency, and I know every year the UC makes great efforts to make their proceedings more transparent, but I was wondering what you would do if elected to stay connected to the student body after the election period. Um, so, I mean, whether you do office hours or weekly emails, like, or daily emails, what can we expect from you? We'll start with Sam and Gus and work our way back to Seth. I think office hours are important, but I think it's important to have office hours in a place where people know where they're gonna be and it's a central location, it's not a dining hall somewhere or where the UC meets. 
<laughs> Where is that? Siever In our dungeon. Siever 113. Siever 113. That's that big like auditorium. Yeah. The I, I think I think uh, I I would agree. I think um, it is very clear that the UC has been making efforts to be open and to transparent and to be transparent. But they're being open and transparent to people who think that they can immediately turn to the UC as a solution to their problems. I think there's so, so many people on campus, I think a lot of those people are, um, are supporters, are potential supporters, who don't consider the UC to be necessarily a solution to their problems because it has never been so in the past. Therefore, I think if you're going to hold these sorts of office hours, to hold these sorts of open meetings, you need to do it in a place that is central, that is widely publicized. Use a megaphone, like something. Have them, have them in the yard when it's nice out. Something like that so that people who don't think that they can go to the UC are brought, uh, that that is brought to their attention. I think it's, I think it's very, in, I don't think it's just indicative of Gus and Mai's ignorance and stupidity that we didn't know that Part the UC it, didn't hold like public meetings. We, we, didn't, we didn't know that, we did, you know, maybe we should have done the research on that since we're running to be in charge of the UC. But also, we just didn't know that because that is not something that is common knowledge to most people on this campus. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was, I don't know why I've been making that So being that I am the current vice chair of the Student Relations Committee, which is basically the communications arm uh, dealing with the administration as well as students, I think that speaks to a lot of my expertise and a lot of what I'm doing right now. And we're exploring a lot of platforms, not just the regular email, um, postering, things that are so subtle that you just do not recognize them at all but we're exploring more platforms so that you can understand exactly what we're doing, when we're doing, and you can see our progress. So first of all, that's social media. Everybody's on Facebook. Although, whether or not you want to like our page, please like our page. We have a lot of friends, but anyway. Uh, liking our page on Facebook and being up to date exactly what initiatives we're pushing, um, what student news we are ex just making available to students and what services we're making available to students, as well as exploring other opportunities, for instance, administration, um, using their ties, using their social media, using their emailing systems to better communicate with system, uh, to better communicate with students. For instance, when Dean Feaster uh, sends his bi-weekly emails, and I believe a lot of people read those because those are a lot more genial, very personal, but still having information, relevant information about the undergraduate council so that students can understand this is what's done, the election is happening right now. Those are things that we should definitely explore, as well as definitely establishing and just furthering our, uh, <laughs> our uh, partnerships with HOCOs. Since we do fund HOCOs $12,000 each year, HOCOs should be able to communicate on our behalf to the houses, and this is, well, specifically speaking to the houses. So I believe that those are things that we could get done to very much have un uh, our students understand what we're doing, as well as when, hopefully, when we are in the office, just making ourselves available, especially in coming those first days and saying, These, this is us, we want you to give us your ideas. We are available, we are completely available. Thank you, Meta. Um, this has been one of my biggest frustrations on the UC because I see all the hours and all the work that the UC members put behind the scenes to get all this stuff done. And um, when I was telling my friends I was um, going to run for UC, mo most of the responses were, well, what does the UC even do? 
So even if my friends don't even know um, what the UC does, it shows that there's a very big disconnect between the UC and the student body. And Susa and I have talked extensively about this, and we love the idea of office hours and um, emails and pub, but a lot of these things um, require students to come to us, but we should be going, we should be going to the students. There should be more face-to-face -face interactions, people-to-people -people interactions between the reps and their constituents. It all starts at the house level, the dorm level, with the reps in each house and dorm to interact with their HOCOs, to attend all their HOCO meetings, have a presence there, to meet with their housemasters, to meet with their resident deans, and to meet with the students in their constituency. Yeah, beautiful question, Maya. Um, and I, I, I totally agree with Cece. And, and while email and Facebook and all that is good, uh, it's a little too passive. We're asking students, again, as Cece said, to come to us. Um, and, and as we all know, our inboxes are flooded. You know, we, it, we don't have time to read more emails. But we need, again, as Cece said, it's face-to-face -face interaction. So a couple things uh, that we will be doing and that we will be actively pursuing. One, all reps must attend so at least one, so and there must be at least one rep present at every HOCO meeting and we'll make this uh, part of attendance. Um, it has to be the case. Second of all, we want all reps to actually go around after they're elected and during the year and you know, go do door knocking or go do actively, you know, proactive outreach to people in their houses. Uh, and, and, and third of all, one of our biggest things is um, if elected, we, will be, we, we pledge right now, we'll actually be meeting with uh, three student groups every single week, going to their meetings and asking them what they want to see, what priorities they need from the UC. Um, my name is Julia, and I'm in Carrier House. And my question is, um, if elected, how you plan on working with other members of the UC? So I guess how you plan on successfully leading the UC, but also involving their input. And I guess if you think that you even want to involve their input here. So DK and you know, you guys get this one first. Yes. So first of all, I kind of want to acknowledge a fault with the UC that unfortunately we have. Whereas every year uh, that goes by, unfortunately, a lot of people drop out, whether that's because they just feel disengaged with the issues that they wanted to champion, or they feel that the UC just isn't the best venue to get this change done. So a lot of that, in my opinion, goes to the executive leadership on the council and making sure that, first of all, the chairs are actively engaging with their, with their members and understanding, one, they're giving them uh, work to do they have a responsibility and they are invested in that committee's progress. Because when you're not invested, you're not going to feel like you want to continue uh, progressing. So that's first of all. But secondly, then having the president and vice president, hopefully, which will be us, to then communicate with each council member and understand where are you at at this point? Are you okay? Because it's not just the how you're doing on the council, but how you're doing uh, overall whether you're dealing with any issues that you would like to speak to us at the moment or just classes aren't going well because at the end of the day, you're a student and your uh, academics come first. And therefore, if that's being prioritized over, we want to see how we can work with you or how our committee chairs can work with you as well to make sure that you're, being, you're still able to do the work you're doing on the council but still being able to focus on your books and uh, on your uh, classes. We want to make sure that every single council representative has a specific project, whether long-term or short-term, that they're working on. And we think that in order to engage the council members, we really need to make them feel accountable. And we want to make it transparent and make students know this rep is working on this project, and so far the progress has been this.
And we feel through that accountability, both parties, students, council members, will both feel really engaged and connected to each other. Great. Uh, CC. That's a fantastic question, as all of these questions have been. Um, the biggest part with working on the UC, it, it's a 50-person council. And when I came on my freshman year, I noticed there definitely was a lack of community. I've been in many other student organizations, and um, I think the lack of community comes from us not being able to fund any like social bonding events within the council. And I've spoken with um, freshmen on the council this year currently who still don't know the names of every member of the council. And so one of our priorities for internal reform is to increase community on the council from the beginning um, and to increase that, that bond. Because when you feel bonded to the organization you're a part of, you will be inspired to do more for that organization and um, to feel more accountable to that organization. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, just adding on to what Cece said, A, there has to be a greater sense of community within the council. So that reps actually feel that they're, they're having fun, they're being rewarded, and that this is a worthwhile opportunity and experience for them. Um, and, and Tara and Jen, again, they've done a great job in, in, in really trying to push these and you know, making you see more um, you know, m m more social, more community-oriented, so that's great. Um, and we're just going to keep up those initiatives, and then we're going to have those, those types of early, beginning-of-year uh, types of, I guess, not retreats, but events and, and bonding opportunities where we can really get to know each other as a community so we can work better with each other. Um, and then the, the second point that I had is really ensuring that the UC isn't too top-heavy. Um, and this is a, a concern that CC and I have, have we share because we've seen the council over several years, and CC's been on the council the longest of any of us, actually. Um, and we, we feel that reps should really feel engaged and invested in the process uh, of working on projects. So, and I mean, Jen and Tara yeah. have done one-on-ones this whole year, right. which have been fantastic. But we want. Sorry. You can finish the sentence. You can oh. finish. Uh, what do you want? You don't leave us hanging. <laughs> we will increase community on the UC. Okay, perfect. Sam and Gus. Um, well, the first thing we'll have to do is introduce ourselves. Um, <laughs> but then, you got the carrot and you got the stick. And the carrot is, you're on the UC, you've been given this authority, and you are here to represent your community, and that's great, and that should be celebrated, and there should be UC-hosted events that UC people get to go to and have fun, but other people get to come to as well. Um, the other part is the stick. Everybody who goes onto the UC should know if you if you stop doing your duty, you swore you signed a contract, new contracts, and it says if you stop doing it, we're just going to publish in the crimson a list of names of people who just stop coming to the UC and stop. I mean, this isn't just oh, you get to be like part of the student government at Harvard. Good for you. You have a responsibility, and there's no reason not to shame people for just like dropping the ball like that. With community. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to have time, unfortunately, for one more question, and you've been standing the longest. Sorry, McGumps. I mean, he's from Kentucky, even. I'm giving him the. You oh, have been standing oh, up the longest. Oh, okay, thank you. So, my question is it seems like with a lot of these issues, the UC can try to like plug up one hole and another just um, forms right after. You have whether we like it or not, limited resources, be it in manpower or finances and things like that. And an example of that is like the UC shuttles. I'm really glad that you guys got weekend shuttle service. Like that's a great thing. But 
like this semester the shuttles also seem really understaffed because there's like late shuttles, shuttles that sometimes just haven't arrived, that's less you know common, or um, like a lot of people don't actually realize that shuttles appear on the weekends because it's only once an hour, and like my favorite bus driver's gone, things like that. But, <laughs> small thing, but, and, and other things like this community where you have people dropping out and you want to create more community bonding, but at the same time you're demanding a lot more work hours from people for transparency or for whatever your big projects are. So my question is, how are you going to mediate these issues and prioritize them um, because of the limited resources? Did you say your name at the beginning? Uh, oh, sorry, Athena Bowie. Okay, thanks. Uh, so this one is, uh, wait, you guys go first. CC and CC. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've gotten this question from many student organizations we've met with, and we feel like it should not be a zero-sum game where one, it should be a trade-off where one um, gaining something means losing another. And working on the council for so long, and we have 50, we have a 50-person manpower on the council, and we believe if there's efficiency within the council and accountability and community, um, that it can on all fronts be done. And I think there's a five uh, committee system right now on the council. And if there was more communication between each, we could reduce the redundancies, work together um, to achieve these goals, and avoid any overlap between committees. For example, we've been sending out a ton of surveys you guys might have seen about um, Thanksgiving shuttles and um, library and um, spring break storage hours. And to have all the committees work together at the beginning of the semester to form a school-wide student life survey to get a pulse on the student life in all aspects um, are examples of ways we can unify this process. That's, what, remind me your name again, please. Um, Athena. Athena, that's a terrific question. Um, and no, it, it is, because often we felt the case that that is true. So that's why on top, or really one of the, the biggest things we're pushing for is an increase in the budget. Uh, from the college, because the college should be supporting all the student activities that uh, we are able to partake in and that Harvard advertises itself upon. Um, that's, it, it's really important that this isn't a zero-sum game. Um, and, and, and second of all, you know, as for example with the shuttles, right? we need to actively be following up with every single step that we take. Uh, we can't let anything fall through the cracks. And that's why we need reps that are really dedicated. We need to emphasize that you know, this is, a, this is a, sort of like a full-time job. You serve, you work for the people, you work for the student community at Harvard in a spirit of public service. I know I will be taking only three classes next semester if elected because this is number one priority. Um, and we need all reps to understand that. Um, Sam and Gus. Um, the, <clears throat> the term zero-sum game was used. I think it's important to not make large, grandiose promises that you can't necessarily deliver on. There's, there's a reason why we only have two little platforms. One of them is tomato-based ravioli soup, the other is toilet paper. We have, like, we've, you know, we've got you get one things. of those. You, yeah, <laughs> if we get one of those, that's 50%. That's not zero. Which is like, big. I think, I think, it's, I think it's important to, to, if, if, to, to not make huge promises and not be able to deliver on them because of the discrepancy in power that the UC has versus the administration. Yeah, and we want to make this clear. This is not a UC council problem. UC council problem. Um, <laughs> like, this is an administration problem. This is, the UC seems to be designed very well. It has a lot of great ideas. It should be able to make big promises and be able to keep them. 
But we need leaders who can go to the administration and say, we don't care how crazy we have to get, you will listen to us. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> With community. DK <laughs> Nuna. Yeah. Um, so having and addressing all these concerns comes with a couple of things. So first of all, better delegation, as aforementioned, making sure that all of the representatives on the council are invested in a particular task, and not only that, but that the committees are delegating the work well. Unfortunately, we tend to get swamped at very inopportune times by the work that we're doing. Not everything comes at um, one easy time where it's like, okay, we know exactly what's coming. But still understanding, okay, some people need to pick up the slack because a lot of people are working very hard on a couple of things. So making sure that each council rep is pitching in and getting and pretty much just like making sure that uh, the council is running efficiently. So that's one thing, especially when it comes to uh, increasing efficient, efficiency on the council. However, in terms of making more changes and more substantial changes on campus, that comes one, with increasing funding, but two, with more student input and still pushing for, that, for students to be very invested in the council. Because at the end of the day, the council's not gonna do it itself. <coughs> we can't just do it itself. We need the students, and students are incredibly essential and sometimes they just don't understand how essential in how many changes and how impactful our changes can be at Harvard. Because they listen to us. They listen to us. People said that we weren't gonna get a student center, but we made a report, students made the claim, and they said they wanted it, and now it's going to happen. And the fact is that students really need to be invested in that. And with every decision, you know, there's a cost-benefit analysis to that. And we want to make practical changes, not just the ones that we want, but we really want to ask the students which one of these do you guys want us to work on. And then we're going to literally say, this rep is working on this for you, this rep is working on this for you, so that you, what you want gets done within our time. Right. Thanks, everybody. We're going to now time for our closing statements, which are two minutes each. Uh, and we'll start at the far end of the stage and work our way over. But before I do that, I want to make a commercial. Uh, on Wednesday night, we've got here back in the forum we're doing a uh, forum on intergenerational equity in the national debt. In other words, um, there's this whole concept of Congress keeps kicking the debt down the road, down the road, and leaving the millennial, you guys, with the shaft, right? And so we're going to have a conversation. I just biased my answer. I'm not going to be involved. Actually, I'm moderating. I hope nobody comes. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I'm going to be an independent moderator that night. But we're going to have a, a debate and talk about the, the debt and have somebody from AARP as well as some of the uh, folks representing more young people's views. Uh, so it won't be all that technical, uh, and it'll be an interesting take on the national debt. So we'd love to have you back here on Wednesday night uh, at 6 o'clock. So we're going to start over here with Sam and Gus, two minutes each, and work our way this way. Okay. People have said we're a joke ticket. You know why a joke's funny? A joke is funny because it's true. Because <laughs> it resonates somehow. Yeah. Uh, we think uh, the people of Harvard would be making a mistake to assume that just because we are a purported joke ticket that we do not have a legitimate chance of winning this whole thing. I think we've already been sending ripples throughout campus in terms of people talking about the UC who have never talked about the UC before. People for whom the UC is a non-issue have been talking about it in dining halls, talking about it in the yard, talking about it between classes, talking about it during classes. People have been um, 
people have been discussing the more the UC more than they've been discussing in the past because our jokes, while they may be silly jokes, are jokes that resonate with uh, with the people of Harvard. Um, I think it, I think our social our massive our, our the 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 amount of social media presence, the amount of postering presence, the amount of attention that we've been getting in terms of you know our Crimson interview, for instance, being read, are all indicative of the fact that, that people are paying attention to the UC and to this campaign more than they normally pay attention to it. And these are people who normally would never get involved in the UC and would never even consider voting. And so uh, it's good Sam to... and Gus you could, could do, do worse. worse. DK and Yuna. Thank you. So first of all, thank you for giving us this opportunity to speak to you tonight. A lot of great questions and concerns have been raised on how we can better support the students, how we can make, better make the council more efficient, and just basically how we can just help improve the student life and the undergraduate community at Harvard. And I think at the end of the day, it's a lot of collaboration. It's a lot of student engagement. So that's between council members, council members and their constituency, council members and the administration, and students and the administration. We have to make sure that everybody is invested in this effort. And we have to ensure that students are up to date with their knowledge, students are up to date and very invested in what their council members are doing. And we have to push these practical student improvements. I think we are the best candidates to do it, and I strongly believe we are unparalleled in doing this. And DK and I really want to be your next president and vice president because we really understand the balance between visionary ideas and practical changes. We understand that there are lots of long-term goals, and we understand your desire for more short-term goals being enacted and um, reached during our uh, tenure. And we feel that our diversity, not just within the council, but outside of the council, will really bring in a different set of ideas from different uh, sets of students so that we can be your voice for the school, for the council, and we really want to hear what you have to say so that we can make, make dreams, goals with deadlines, because we really want to get these things done. So we really want practical change to be what the UC is all about so that you know exactly what we're doing. So vote for DK and Yuna, your yeah. choice, your voice. Thank you. Right. And CC and Sita. All right. Well, first of all, thank you again, Trey, um, all fellow friends, um, and everyone for, for, for coming out. Uh, I actually work my student job here as an usher, and it's been a it's this is like a life dream to me to be able to speak here. Um, but I, I, I think, honestly, if we're going to talk about what differentiates us as candidates, um, first you have to look at our platform. Our platform, to be honest, we, we, we haven't heard much specifics uh, in terms of what platforms uh, other tickets have to offer. We do. First, increasing student funding and making sure that uh, the scope of funding uh, that students are able to apply for is actually expanded. Second of all, empowering the student voice in the referendum, in the capital campaign, in the college budgeting process, in house renewal, in um, the search for a new dean, in the campus center. And third, advocating for a really inclusive student life experience that doesn't let certain students fall through the cracks, that doesn't let certain, uh, certain, certain people who might have certain dietary needs or who might be international students, or who might be on financial aid and struggle to pay for their books, or who might have an exam on the last day or two of, store, uh, uh, of finals week and, and struggle to, uh, to, fit every, to, to do all their studying. Uh, this is an issue of big social advocacy and social justice for us on this college. We're really dedicated to that. 
and as the best testament to why we are the best people for the job. 39 out of the 42 endorsing council members, current council members, are in full support of our ticket. 93% of UC members support our ticket because they've worked with us on the council for the past year and they believe in us to, to take on the job and to carry the council forward. We've been endorsed by every student organization we've heard back from that we presented our platform to, including AAA, QSA, um, HCEF, the Crimson, the Crimson, and um, I think this is a the testament to the student body that believes in us, as well as the, the council who wants to go forward with us. Um, and Cease and I both truly, we hope you go forward with Gone Go Fard. <laughs> Um, how about one more round of applause? What they, having gone through this back in the day, um, what they just went through tonight was hard. And so how about a round of applause for those candidate forum and for sticking the necks out there. And best of luck in the election, and thanks to all you guys for coming. Have a great night. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, great job. Great job. Welcome. Welcome.